0: so that we can receive the 8,810 promises of God, 7,487 of them being promises made by God to His beloved man. Welcome to my morning rant. Uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, some of the preachers that are out there. I have been watching this phenomenon about the white evangelical church for over the last uh, four or five years now that I think needs to be said something needs to be said about what's going on within the white evangelical church what's happening is that many of these men are not true followers of Jesus Christ I mean we have to face it one of the issues that caused much inks about me and the white evangelical church was their behavior in how they handled the relationship that was happening with immigrants the Mexican uh, brothers and sisters that the Trump administration, uh, regardless of their belief or how they treat people, is um, tells a lot and how the church responds to how uh, the poor is being treated. The Bible warns us, he says, that, that we ought to take care of the poor. And that means immigrants, it means any other poor. If God said, take care of them, then we ought to. And America has been a nation that historically been that type of uh, nation. But in the last four years, I've seen some really outlandish behavior sanctioned by the white evangelical church. Now, the white evangelical church has always been troubled from within. You have, uh, they sanctioned slavery, and they were behind slavery. There's proof of that all over the place. If you check out some of these um, uh, forts that uh had are stored slaves you will see a church right right there so we know this uh, from history that the the white evangelical church, has really been one that needs to grapple with their behavior. And my take on how they are behaving, because the Bible says we ought to handle the church first before we could handle outside. And the world mirrors the behavior of the church. And we have racism that is out there because the church is racist. Uh The pastors, a lot of these white pastors are racist. And we need to face that fact. It's how they behave. The congregation is racist. They are segregated. And yet the Bible says that you and I, all of us, are created in God's image. Just take a look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. It tells us that man was created in God's image. That means Mexicans, Chinese, blacks, any color that you can think of. It tells us in the scripture that God created man in his own image. It also tells us in the scripture that Jesus is not a white man. And so until the white church comes to that degree and face the fact that Jesus Christ is not a white man, maybe the then they can start dealing with the sins that they have in the church. You have in the recent months and so forth, we saw that with the insurrection that took place uh, at before the Capitol, we saw Christians, crosses, and, and all of these white supremacists carrying crosses and preaching a gospel that God has nothing to do with. Jesus is not a white man. And so until, as I mentioned before, until you understand this, the Bible, um, where he was born and how he grew up, all of that stuff he's not white. So the white evangelical church, you need to come to grips that the God that you serve, that our Lord Jesus Christ, is not white. He's not blonde. He is not blue eyes. He's not uh, all of those things that you have, the pictures that you represent in your church. You claim him as yours, but he is not yours. He's given to all man. And so the Bible tells us that he died for all. And that means the brothers and sisters that are in Mexico and every other um country that uh, we consider immigrants. And so I want to put that straight. Another thing that I see is that uh, the racism that uh, that is within the church is ex um spilled over into the streets. The Bible says handle take care of your house first. And so when you look at racism in the streets and and what's happening in society, it's because we have racism within the church. If you look at the data, the data speaks to itself. Even in uh, when it comes to divorce, divorce is fifty-one percent in the church, and it's the exact same thing in the world. And so the world mirrors the behavior of the church. So as we begin to fix our house, uh, if we deal with abortions, the church is full of abortions. Um, you have Christians, uh, men and women, and churches that are going out there and creating. Uh, giving birth to children spiritually. Uh, They get them saved, and then they abandon them. And so you have spiritual abortion that is happening in the church, and the same thing as a result is happening in the world. And so once we begin to fix that spiritual abortion in the church, I guarantee you that it will be fixed in the world. Why? Because everything is spiritual. And so once we have learned how to, for the Bible tells us that we rest not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power And wickedness in high places. That's spiritual stuff. It has nothing to do with the natural. And so, until we fix that, we will always have the manifestation in the natural. And so, we saw in the um, administration with President Obama, President Trump, and uh, uh, now here in, uh, with Biden. We have to fix this, this behavior that we have against the poor and the immigrants. The Bible says, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest of all the commandments? And this was his response, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy might and with all thy strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so you have these men that are going around causing division and causing this racism between the races. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 16, verse 17 through 18, where he says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who causes division and create obstacles Contrary to, to the doctrine that you have been taught, avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetite, and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. And so I bring this to to your attention for you guys to begin to focus. Do not trust these people. If the, It tells you right there in the Bible, it says those that are causing divisions. It, you have division in race, you have division in politics against um, Democrats and Republicans, those who cause division. It didn't say division, it, it was very specific, and it includes all division. That is contrary to the Word of God. And so until we begin to address this thing, address these things in the church, we cannot do it in the world, because the world is looking at us with a group of people that have no power. The Bible tells us that um, we ought to, Jesus' commandment is that we ought to to make disciples and not members. And the reason why these people are weak and the church is weak, because all they have is members. They don't have any disciples. These pastors refuse to make disciples because they are jealous. They want to control their, their people. And Jesus was not into control. He actually took 12, he trained them, and then he said to them, you're going to do greater things than these, than what I am doing. So that is what a teacher is supposed to do. That is what we were called to do. But these guys are interested in building up the church with members so that they can get money, so that they can have nice house, have nice cars, buy land while the church suffers. The Bible tells us about the year of Jubilee. I've never, ever, ever been in a church that practiced the year of Jubilee, but they take the same Old Testament and beat you and I about our tithes and offerings. And so if they're going to believe a part of the Bible, they need to believe all of it. And so, if you take a look, uh, the reason why I'm upset with the Church when it comes to not uh, confronting power, it, there's a story in the Bible in second Samuel uh, twelve when Nathan, the prophet, confronts David. This is Nathan represents the church. He confronts David because of what David had done. David had seen Bathsheba, and what he did was he plotted, and he he sent her husband to the front line and he died. And so he marries this woman now after he did this. And so uh, God sends Nathan to go and talk to David. And he Nathan comes and he says to him, uh, gives him this story, he says, there were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except for one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate at his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. And so um, he begins to tell him this story. And after he told David this story about this, uh, as I mentioned, David got angry. And David said, as the Lord liveth, the man who has done this shall surely die, and he shall Restore fourfold to the lamb because he did this thing, and because he is he has no pity. And the the prophet had to bring it to his attention and said to him, "You are that man." And so verses seven to nine, he begins to confront him. He says, "David, you are that man." And the Lord, as a result, said to him, "I, "I will the child that you have out of this situation shall die." And if you read that story, you'll see that David cried and cried and cried before God. And that child died, and but out of that uni- union, Solomon was born. But the first child died, and so no matter amount of praying would a child give him life because God had uh, pronounced a judgment on him. And so these men, these Christians, did not have the guts to go and stand before power and tell them and arrest them with their behavior, how they treated the, um, the immigrants that were uh, coming through the border. I understand, but we ought to have policies. The Christ that they worship is also an immigrant. And if you want to go into the scriptures you will see that God spoke to um, the people in Leviticus uh, 19.34. God says, The foreigners residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. So here's another story. You can look at the Bible. Go and take a look at yourself. In Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 16, you'll see a story about Miriam, Aaron, when they opposed Moses because Moses was married to a black woman. And so they came to him and started all kinds of crazy stuff. And as a result, God calls all three of them. He says, come, all of you three, come out of, of, of the tent, and let's go and have a conversation. So God brings them together, and he begins to speak to them. He says, "He said, I have prophets that I speak to them in dreams and so forth. But um, Moses, I speak to him mouth to mouth. And you too." and he focused on Miriam because she was the one that uh, instigated this whole thing. And he spoke to them, and he says, you two have come against uh, and sin against m- m- me because you've come against my servant. And so it says that that cloud, because God came down in a cloud, he, when the cloud left, Miriam instantaneously got lepers. And the type of leprosy that they're talking about was a severe leprosy. And so Moses began to cry for her. Aaron began to cry for her. And God says to to, to them, put her out of the tent for seven days, and, uh, and after seven days, uh, bring her back in. And so God judged, right there is a story about racism, that God handled it, and he showed them, not in my house, not in my house. But yet we see Christians, these pastors are gutless and will not stand up for their brothers and sisters that are of different skin tone, skin color, or anything. They read the scriptures and they use it to try and get money from us. They use it for to try to keep us as servants. They use it for everything else. They never use it for what it says here in Leviticus 19.34. The foreigners residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord thy God. Jesus Christ is not a blonde-haired man. He is a foreigner. Every single white person that believes in his name Thank you for coming to Blueprint of Faith and remember every child of God overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world so be not weary but imitate them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Again, thank you for coming by. Please subscribe, and if you can, support us financially. We deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, church study group, and even people you don't like. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Thank you for coming to Blueprint of Faith. And remember, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So be not weary, but imitate them. Through faith and patience, inherit the promises of God. Again, thank you for coming. Please subscribe, and if you can, support us financially. We deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, church, study group, and even people you don't like. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast and many more.